Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The pride, passion, and pageantry of college football lives here. This is the Paul Feinbaum Show, Hour 2 Podcast. This might be college football, Welcome back. Uh, It's always great to uh, say hello to one of the uh, most knowledgeable people in college football, but we couldn't get a certain person. So we are saying hello to uh, Andy Staples. Andy, how are you? It's been too long. How's everything going? Bruce Feldman was busy, Paul? We tried for Feldman, but, you know, he's, he's, he's an insider. Yes. But he's he's busy. He's inside. He's talking to the coaches. He's he's talking to the strength coach. Actually, that's Bruce. When you're talking to Bruce, yeah. I was talking to the strength coach, and he told me this guy has an 11 foot broad jump, and he's so explo- He has a 475 pound power clean. Now, I, I believe me. I hear it all the time. Andy, it's always great to see you, especially at a, at a moment like this when we all all are officially in mourning here at the SEC Network. So uh, help, help us get over uh, this incredibly shocking, uh, just unpredictable, sad ending to the college football season. It's over, isn't it? It was a good run. And hey, look, the Big Ten needs to have its moment, too. I was talking to a Big Ten executive outside the Rose Bowl the other day. And this is before either game had started. And this person said, well, you know, if Michigan and Washington both get in, we won't beat our chests the way the SEC would if uh, if Alabama and Texas both get in. I was like, why not? It's kind of fun when you do that. Why why shouldn't only one conference have fun doing that? Yeah, listen, I'm I, I think those of us who spend most of our time in the SEC, we we can we can wish them well. They, they're having their moment in the sun. I, I I am having a big discussion at my house right now, which which Netflix uh, series to watch Monday night, but uh, we'll be okay. Yeah, I mean, Obliterated, if, uh, as long as there's no kids around, I think is a pretty good one. Okay. Uh, I've gotten to binge a few. Uh, I asked Kirby Smart the other day when we had him on, on signing day what, what Mary Beth was going to let him binge, and he said they don't even have time to do anything anymore. That they're, they're just too busy in the portal. and you know, the, So the coaches are working. I, I realize you guys don't have a national championship game to talk about, but they're, they're very hard at work. And you know, I, I think this will be interesting because it, it gives the Big Ten some bragging rights. The SEC dominated the previous two decades. You know, the Big Ten has had one title since then. And look, if Washington wins, the Big Ten should claim it. I, I don't think that they should say, well, you know, let the Pac-12 go out with this. No, no, no. The Pac-12 made its own bed. You feel free to claim this one if Washington wins. Talking to Andy Staples, uh, Andy, let's, call, let's talk about the game because we haven't really spent much time on it. We spent more time on the game that, that ended. But uh, as, as you look at Monday night, and I don't know, everybody has theories, everybody has suppositions. What is yours? I, I don't think I've talked to anybody who has a definitive thought on who's going to win this game. Like, this team's going to win it going away. I, I think it's a less than a touchdown spread for a reason. And the reason is Michigan has not seen an offense like Washington's and Washington has not seen an offense like Michigan's and 
you know, Washington, I, I think if Utah had had Cam Rising maybe and, and been full strength, it would have looked similar to what Michigan is, but it's not the same kind of bully ball that you're going to get from those offensive linemen at Michigan. Conversely, had Ohio State had C.J. Stroud back at quarterback, then I think Michigan would probably be a little bit better prepared for what they're going to see with Michael Penix Jr. and those three receivers. The, the guys from Michigan who played against C.J. Stroud and Marvin Harrison and Emeka Book in, in 2022, I think will probably remember that feeling of this, you know, lightning, you know, big arm quarterback with, with dagger accuracy, with unbelievable receivers. That's what they played against versus Ohio State in 2022. But Kyle McCord is not. Michael Penix Jr. So they didn't have to deal with that this year. So I, I'm really excited about this game. And I, it really, I think, probably comes down to who dictates tempo. Uh, will, will Washington, I, I'm sure Washington will come out aggressive, attacking vertically. And I think Michigan will try to control the ball on the ground. Uh, the, the fear I have for Washington is that Michigan gets into a, a groove where they're gaining seven, eight yards of carry, and they just control everything. I think that that would make it very hard to be in rhythm on offense if you're Washington, because it's going to be pretty sporadic. Andy, uh, let's uh, talk a little bit about the SEC for a second. Uh, you mentioned Kirby Smart. Let me, let me start with Nick Saban, though. And you know, there was that the, the rumor that wouldn't go away that he was leaving. And there were a lot of people that actually <laughs> believed it. It's now, I, that, is, that seemingly has now passed. Uh, uh, because once you start, I, I think the worst thing that can ever happen to Nick Saban, you give him two days off, and then he's never, then he never wants to uh, have another day off again. But just your thoughts on where Alabama is after that ending Monday afternoon. Still incredibly talented, and a team I will pick to make the 12-team playoff in 2024, Paul. I, we were talking to, to all the Alabama people about Nick Saban and, you know, would this be it last week at the Rose Bowl? And I remember I asked Kevin Steele, the defensive coordinator, I said, what the hell would he do all day? Because <laughs> everybody says, oh, he'll go do TV. He'd be great on TV, but I just don't think that would fill the hours for him. I don't think playing golf would fill the hours for him. I don't think managing car dealerships would fill the hours for him. I, I just think he wants to be in a structured environment. And I, I've heard him say it a million times, like, I want to be part of a team. And... I just don't think that goes away. And I heard Greg McElroy talking about his his experience talking to Jim Harbaugh uh, a few years ago. And Jim Harbaugh said, you're either playing, coaching, or you die. And I kind of think that's where Nick Saban's at. I, I And, and it looked like to me, he was enjoying this year. He was having fun. And I think a lot of it was some of those players they had, they, they did kind of outpace their own expectations, especially the ones that were set after they lost to Texas. So I think he looks pretty energized and I, I don't think anything's going to change. Like there's still going to be an absurdly talented team. It's just that in this era of college football now with NIL and, and the transfer portal, you can't hoard talent the way you used to. And so when you have a situation where your center is not effectively getting the ball back and that look, the Rose Bowl was not the first time that happened. You, you used to have somebody else who you popped in there and that was it. You just rolled. At Alabama, but that that's not the case this year. And there's going to be situations like that for all of those, the Alabamas, the Georgias, the Ohio States going forward. And that's how Michigan and Washington are playing for the national title. And maybe next year it's Texas or it's Oklahoma or it's, a, you know, somebody else coming out who maybe wasn't in position to do it three years ago. But now that some of these superpowers have a few weaknesses that can be exploited, other teams have a shot. Andy, it's interesting because uh, I, I talked to one of Saban's uh, assistants out there, 
and he said, listen, you know, it, you know, as the season was winding down, he was tired. I'm like going, who isn't tired yeah. uh, that coaches college football? But I, I think that's why you can't make a decision in, in the moment. And uh, which brings me to a couple of other schools. Now, every time I, I have you, I ask you this because you live down there and you, you've been a, a, a very close to that Florida program. But how would you describe the, the ending of 23 into 24 and what Florida folks, fans, and administration alike are thinking about this upcoming year? Pure apathy from the fan base, Paul. They're not excited. They're very pessimistic. They're looking at the schedule going, how in the world are you going to get through that schedule? They look at the transfer portal to this point as a net negative, and I think that's pretty accurate. There is a tinge of optimism that comes with a five-star quarterback, DJ Lagway, who got named the Gatorade Player of the Year in high school today. He's coming. So they're excited about that. But the thing is, like, DJ Lagway is probably a year away from being the starter. They're bringing back Graham Martz to start this year. And I don't know that you'd want to throw DJ Lagway into the fire immediately unless he's just awesome, as, you know, the moment he sets foot on campus. But their schedule is hard. Their roster does not seem to be better. And I just I don't know where the optimism comes from. So it's going to be a bit of a slog through this offseason for Florida. And, and the hard part, it's not like uh, as we look at the schedule with Miami A&M, at Mississippi State, UCF, and Tennessee. That's, that's the easy part of the schedule. Uh, before you get to Kentucky, Georgia, at Texas, LSU, Ole Miss, and Florida State, it's not like we're, the, we may not see Billy Napier till the spring game or media days, but he'll be out there because that's part of the job, going literally to club after club, trying to sell his program. How, what, what, if you were a speechwriter, other than Lagway, what, what are you going to put in there that's going to interest anyone? You're going to have to say, look, the young guys were, were some of the best guys at the end of the season last year, and, and those guys will be better this year. And I don't know if that's true or not, but that's what you got to promise them because you know, look, this is a fan base that assumes that Billy Napier won't be back if this year's bad. So if I'm Billy Napier, I don't worry too much about the PR game. I just try to win football games because right now that's the only thing you can do. Because if you go five and seven again, and actually against that schedule, it might be hard to go five and seven. If you do that again, they're going to go find somebody else. So I don't think he needs to worry about the PR aspect of it at all because there's nothing he can say that will do or change anything. The only thing he can do is win football games. If he does ask you for advice, just don't tell him to say the same thing he said last year. It just didn't work. Um, <laughs> but he, but he, he will. And again, it doesn't matter. Well, he, he, by the way, he is not alone. There are a couple of other coaches uh, who need to work the uh, rubber chicken circuit pretty hard this spring because their uh, outlook doesn't look all that great. Yours, yours does. Uh, the Andy Staples Show, uh, hi highly rated. It outrated Suits on Netflix over the past uh, year. So you're doing great. Well, nine, nine seasons of that if you want to binge it, Paul, <laughs> if you're not watching anything on Monday. I, I, I mean, I'm going I'm to pop that champagne because I miss New Year's Eve and uh, you know, the, the family's just going to sit around and the Andy Staples Show, start to finish, will be on our... <sighs> television screen. Andy, we'll have about four episodes that day, so don't worry. I cannot, I, I cannot imagine how, how, how great they will be. Uh, Andy, we'll see you a couple of days from now. Thanks so much. Uh, Andy Staples joining us from the Andy Staples Show uh, on, on three. We'll take a break. Your phone calls around the corner. You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. 
Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Is your schedule too packed to see a doctor about your erectile dysfunction? Well, with Hims, now you can get treated for ED without stepping foot outside your door. They're changing men's health care by providing access to affordable sexual health treatments from the comfort of your couch. Hims provides access to doctor-trusted ED treatment options such as chewable hard mints, brand name treatments like Viagra, or generic alternatives for up to 95% cheaper. The process is simple and entirely online. Just answer a series of questions and a medical provider will determine the right treatment option. If prescribed, your medication ships to you free. No insurance needed. So what are you waiting for? Join the hundreds of thousands of trusted HIMSS subscribers and get treated. Start your free online visit today at HIMSS.com slash Paul. That's HIMS.com slash Paul for your personalized ED treatment options. HIMSS.com slash Paul. Hard mints are chewable compounded products which are not approved by or verified for safety or effectiveness by the FDA. Prescriptions require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if appropriate. Restrictions apply. See website for details and important safety information. Subscription required. Price varies on product and subscription plan. Next caller was because uh, his, he was mentioned a few times yesterday. Jim is next. Oh, this is Jim E. Nixon. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, I got a request. Uh, you know, I've been thinking, you know, you said new, new day, new year. And I was thinking, just came in my mind, because my mind just circulates on different things. I was thinking about how great the show was 15, 16 years ago. Remember this, Paul? And you, you and uh, I, man, talk about music, and I love music, too. Probably different, different kind than you do. Probably a lot different kind than I, man. But I love music. Same thing. We're in the same ballpark. And you remember when, you know, Shane, and you could do the, you could really do a good job of telling about this, and I'll leave it to you if you want to. But I remember, I love this. There was a song that, 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 that whoever did that, Pat Smith, I guess, I don't know who did it uh, in the studio back, you know, when you were in Birmingham. Who did this, the creativity stuff? Putting, uh, that, it that was, was great. All, that was all Pat Smith. Okay, well, Pat Smith, it was, I told him, I said, that's brilliant. Yes, you know, of course, I was going to know, but Pat, Shane from Centerpoint, and, and uh, Bobby from Homewood were mortal enemies and every day. And yet, here's where the beautiful thing was. One day, they're on the air, and while they're on the air, one of them's on the air talking about them, in the background, Pat comes up with Atlantic Star Secret Lovers. Oh, and yeah. in the background, they're arguing. And in the background, you remember that? Was that Imaginary Lover? No, it was Secret Lovers. And in the, in, oh. and in the, in the song lyrics, they, they said to each other, we think about it. I think about you all the time. Secret lovers. It was. It was brilliant. Great. It was beautiful. Yeah. No, those were. Some I, I wish I could hear that song again. Secret lovers. Anyway, yeah, we, that was, we did that have was the best stuff, uh, bumper music in the world. What? We did have the best bumper music of any show in the country. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, can you play that song? I'd love to hear that song again. Uh, we'll Secret lovers by Atlantic Star. You know, it would be great, Paul. Could you could you pull up? You think you've got that in the in the uh, in the library where where uh, that I was know, done? I we've got a pretty expansive library here, but we'll check it. Sure. Well, you you remember what I'm talking about, don't you? Of course, I do. You remember the song, and behind in, in the background that was playing, and Bobby and 
and uh, Shane were just tearing each other up on the air. Oh, it was a, uh, it was it was funny. You're you're 100 right. I love that kind of stuff. I mean, y'all ought to do some more of that. Oh, you're right. It was Atlantic Star. I'm sorry. I know it was. Well, I, I know. Unlike, I, unlike John, I, I, unlike John I, I, from St. Sounds, Louis, I usually defer to my 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 friends here who know more than me. Well, what's that got to do with what I'm talking about? Well, because he was wrong about everything he said, and you've been right about everything you said. He he's just wrong. Period. That guy's a. All right, I'm not going to get negative, but that, I, I'd rather hear you talking about want, wanting to hear a chalk a screech on a, on a chalkboard. I'd rather hear that than John from St. Louis ever. Never seen that guy when he was. He's got no. Just I don't know. I, I don't want to be negative. He's he's horrible. Horrible caller, Paul. You know who's a good caller? Who's that? Comes on just like me, Paul. Don't say hello. Don't say how you doing, Dominic. From Pittsburgh. He's great. Oh, he is great. He, he, you, he great. Could do, me and him could do a show. I, I guarantee you I could take him and do a show. Well, you're about the only one I know that you, do, you, could, you, could, you could take the hot potato and start at 3 o'clock or 2 o'clock or wherever you live and, and do the show. Most people cannot. Well, he, he gives you something to work with. That dominant kid is really, what's he, about 12, 13? Yeah. Uh, he's 12. I think he's great. He's 12. Huh? He's 12 years old. He is really good. <laughs> hey, Jim, uh, anyway. not, not to try to start trouble, but did you, there, there, was, it, was it yesterday some caller called in and mentioned Jim? Well, of course, you know, did, oh, yeah, I, I know one, the yeah. jackass. Yeah, it was pretty, it was pretty rough. I was personally offended by it. I just didn't it wasn't know. rough on me because that, that, that more fool, he hates me because I'm better than him. He yeah. can't keep up with me. He hate, they hate me. It's the same thing with Trump. They hate him because he's the best. It's that simple as that. Simple as that, Paul. I mean, you know that. You know the drill. That's what's been going on for the last, what, 15, 16 years. Since oh. you wrote in the book, he's the best. He's the most compelling. You know, you're right. And, Jim, that was, uh, and for those who don't know what we're talking about, uh, about 11 years ago, I did a book. And on page 54, I wrote that. I could be having a conversation with the president of the United States. It was, it was Obama. Barack Obama, you said. Uh, and I said, and uh, if, if I was talking to him and I looked down and I saw Jim from Tuscaloosa, I would hang up on the president to go to Jim. <laughs> You're a wise man. Well, that's how you made the show, Paul. That's how you made the show good. You, under, you know that. That's how you made it good. Making the right decisions. Well, part of it is that you, you deal with the, 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 the quote-unquote suits who – yeah, believe that it would be better to talk to Adam Rittenberg just for the sake of argument. Than or, or, or Staples, or, or Staples. My, well, Staples my at least Staples. is is funny. What? I mean, I mean, Staples is funny though. I mean, he's not your your cookie cutter <laughs> college football yeah. geek. I failed to find anything funny about him, but that's all right. That's if you well, do, that's fine. I'm, I'm just assuming he might still have his TV on. That's why I said that. I don't care. You know. <laughs> By the way, Paul, Kevin's been, been dissing you pretty bad, talking about you piss off Saban, and that makes it rough for the rest of them. Who said that? Kevin said that. They got this thing with him on TV. I mean, on, on the phone, you can pick it up on my phone. And they had a big clip today of Kevin talking about, yeah, Paul, thanks, Paul. You piss off Saban, and it makes it hard on all of us because then 
excitement gets bad and starts beating oh, no, again. Yeah, well, I, I, I said something like, you know, maybe the, a couple of months ago, maybe this could be the, the last year or the next year, whatever it is. And, um, yeah. and every time I do that, Kiffin just goes, there you go again, uh, upsetting and the then, and then And then Saban, and then Saban comes back with a bang oh, yeah. of a football team. No, you're, so you're 100% right. So they think you're motivating Saban. Well, I, 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 think, I think I am going to just say that from, from this moment on, because I had to deal with Stephen A. Smith a couple hours ago, because I said, I mean, it's always a possibility, and Stephen A. said that he talked to Saban, that he's, he's not leaving, he's never leaving. So from now on, my answer to every question is Nick Saban will be there until he's 90. I saw the clip yesterday of Saban, and it was a good one. Have you seen that, the, the yeah. one where he talks to uh, – Yeah, I saw it. I was who watching was, it. I, yeah, he, he, that was good. And he looked, he looked as peppy. He looked, he looked almost you, you as good know, as he did. You know why he did, don't you? He was down at – I think he was in Florida. He could have been at, at his lake house. I don't know. I wasn't sure. But Miss Terry did his makeup. He looked – well, not, it's not only how good he looked. And he had these, he uh, he had these Al Pacino was, uh, eyebrows. Yeah, but he was capped up. And by the way, somebody saying, who does his own makeup uh, quite often in the morning when I'm doing stuff, you know, you you put you, uh, women try try to do too. I, I know this sounds like I'm I'm getting off on a tangent, but uh, I've had I've had women uh, who aren't makeup artists do makeup for me, and they'll they'll paint the they'll paint the eyebrows a little bit too thick, and yeah. And Saban's eyebrows looked like uh, it was a cross between Pacino and, and Martin Scorsese. <laughs> but here's the point I'm there making, Paul. It wasn't, it wasn't you stepping on a good call again. Oh, it okay. wasn't what he, how he looked as much as what, how he said things. He was fired up. He was young looking or young acting. He was, he's talking like he's ready to coach another five or six years. That's my point. That's how he sounded. Well, he did. I, I totally Probably. agree with you. And it wasn't the same Saban that I saw Saturday, Sunday, and Monday in Pasadena. He, no, I don't, he was, I don't know he what was. he did between then, but he, he, he must have gotten a B12 shot shot or something. <laughs> well, that's how he, he sounded he was ready to coach another five years at least. Yeah, no, he, I mean, uh, he, was, he was enthusiastic, energetic, everything that you, you want. He was, that's, a, that's what they don't want. Just like me on the show, they can't stand it when I'm doing what I'm doing now because they can't do it, Paul. They can't do it. You know it. They can't do it. Jim, that's why you're the best. Well, you know what? You're right. I'm going to agree with you. You're right. I'm not going to argue with you. (laughs) Another great call, Paul. You're part of another great call. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. Yeah, I mean, what was Muhammad Ali's go-to? I am the greatest. And when you are, you are. And Jim obviously is. So, and we made it clear that all of you could, could hear that during that conversation. We will take a break. I have no earthly idea what we're doing next. We do not have a script here. We don't have a teleprompter. We are literally going by the seat of our pants on this Friday afternoon. You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. 
Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. We are back. Uh, glad to have all of you with us. Denise is up next. Hi. Hi, Mr. Feinbaum. Thank Hi you for taking my call, and I'm honored to be on today. Thank you for calling. Yes. Yes. Well, I am calling because it would mean a lot to me as a non-athlete um, to share what the impact of Coach Saban and the Alabama football team have, you know, the impact that they've had on my uh, life as Please a leader, um, as a public school teacher. And, um, yeah, so I just wanted to share this today with you. That's fantastic. Um, yeah, lots of my friends, knowing me, they're all, they always ask me, why am I such an Alabama fan? And, you know, I became an, a fan because, you know, I'm the mother of two boys. Football was always on the TV. And I initially started just glancing and watching the games when uh, Steve Sarkeesian was on the staff. And um, as I became interested, just kind of side-eyeing the TV, I became really aware that the team was so well-coached and um, just a really great team. So I started watching um, Coach Saban's um, post-game interviews and just things that he would share, you know, on Facebook. And specifically, um, it truly, it really did have an impact on me, again, as just a total non-athlete. But uh, as an example of this, I was um, the director of a nonprofit um, in my town for six years. We um, serviced underserved children in our community. And I mainly um, hired college-age, you know, kids to help us to take care of the, the kiddos that came in, you know, every afternoon. And um, I listened to one of Coach Saban's, I, I guess, just to share with his team one day. And I thought, oh, my goodness, this is perfect for my staff training. And it, it was one of, the, um, one of the snippets where he was saying, you know, just do your job. Just do your job. <laughs> you know, get off the bus. Or, you know, but just do your job. And so it occurred to me that that would be an amazing, succinct way to train my staff. And so initially, and I'm in the middle of a bunch of Arkansas Razorback, you know, <laughs> where I live. And so I started just turning on Coach Saban's video, and we'd play it once. And I said, let's do that one more time. And we'd play it twice up to two or three times. And, um, you know, it just said it all, that, that level of excellence, um, no excuses, you know, do what you're expected to do, period. And so it worked so well, and it truly did have an impact um, on my employees there. Um, I was a public school teacher for over 20 years, and um, our job, you know, as public educators is to move our children, to move them upward. Um, and, and never give up on them. And, you know, this year with Coach Saban's team, I was, I was just 
amazed at from a, like again a totally different perspective but amazed at how that staff you know continues to 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 move their guys towards growth and um it was just it was just an amazing thing to me again as a public school teacher because they were doing with athletes what we do um in our classroom and then the final thing that i wanted to share that has truly been um, impactful for me. Um, about three and a half years ago, um, my husband um, was diagnosed with cancer. Um, you know, the most easy to, you know, to heal and, uh, you know, tend to and recover from. Um, but sadly, he was um, one of the 10 to 30 percent of people that don't respond um, to cancer treatment. And um, yet, sadly, we lost my husband. He was much too young, um, but we lost him about a year ago. And so I'm on that journey that, you know, lots of people are on in terms of dealing with grief and heartache, um, shattered dreams. But regardless, um, recently, after my husband passed away, it wasn't long before I overheard Coach, uh, Coach Saban share the phrase, overcome hard. And those two words just they just stopped me in my tracks and I thought gosh how can two words mean so much and so again calling in from a non-athletic you know perspective and just how we so need leaders we so need people that expect nothing but excellence and to share those kinds of um, things with people like me now where I am when I think I can't do this today this hurts too much um, not to not to top any sort of type of biblical perspective or anything like that but immediately coach Saban's words overcome hard sometimes um, give me you know just the wherewithal to continue to persevere and I just wanted to share that today because I think it's important for us to have you know, good things to share um, in the world that we live in. <laughs> Denise, uh, first of all, let me let me thank you for sharing that, and and uh, <laughs> I I appreciate you sharing your own grief, and that's a, I, I, the, the words don't really work at, at a time like this because I know what, I mm-hmm. feel like I know what you've been through, but it's it's important to hear from you, uh, and uh-huh. and, to, and it's so relatable to so many people in our audience, and thank and uh, I really appreciate you, you you sharing that. Thank you. We hope you have a great new year. Thank you so much. Elliot is calling next. Uh, Hello, Elliot. Happy New Year, Paul. I just want to say I called last week or so. I said Michigan was going to win. Uh, I'm excited to see that they did. I don't think they're going to win Monday. And the reason I don't think they're going to win is I think that the SEC was down. I think the SEC was overrated. I think that Michigan didn't play its best game. And I think Penix Jr. needs to be, like, they need to move the Heisman out. What do you think about moving the Heisman out so when players like this have their day that they can be uh, regarded in the Heisman race better than they are? I think it's a fair question. Uh, But if you you follow any other sport, uh, the NFL – uh, the NBA, uh, MLB, they all, they all give out the MVP after the regular season. It's very confusing after that uh, to, to have an equal playing field. But the Heisman is basically uh, 
it's a TV show. Uh, and the only time the Heisman's been given out in, in January was three years ago uh, to Devontae Smith. Hey, thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Um, Matt is up next in Florida. Hey, Matt. Hey, Paul. Thanks for kind of taking my call. I haven't talked to you on the show in a while. Thank you. Um, just, uh, just curious what you think about Billy Napier with Florida this year. If they go five and seven again, do you think he makes it to year four? Five and seven or worse? No chance. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, it's, it's, right. A, it's, it's really an awkward situation because uh, I think he's a, he's a good coach. He's likable. People want to get behind him. But uh, you know, what, what Andy Staples said earlier uh, is accurate. Uh, I haven't been to Gainesville in a while, but there's just no enthusiasm right now. And that's a terrible, that's a terrible way to begin the new year. Yeah, it really is. I think uh, Trevor Etienne was, was majorly uh, underused. You know, and I think you know they they he knew he and his family knew it too, and I guess that's why he transferred to Georgia, maybe out of spite. <laughs> well, I mean, I think you remember. Uh, I can't remember which game it was when 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 Florida was losing, and and uh, his brother tweeted. Uh, it was it was about Colorado earlier in the season. Like, man, you need to yeah. you need to get out of there, yeah. bro. And everybody got mad when it was talked about. But that's just that's the reality of today's athletes. Uh, they communicate in different ways, and social media is one of the ways. Yep, that's it. Hey, thank you for the call. Uh, uh, I, I don't. I just. I mean, one thing we try to do here is be fair about everything and and also tell the truth. And uh, I am not going to sugarcoat the Billy Napier situation. We'll take a break. More to come right after this. You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. We're back and appreciate you uh, sticking with us here on a Friday afternoon. We're just laughing at everything today, aren't we, Randy? Do I really need to be thanking the audience for sticking with I mean, is, is this show that unbearable to watch? Please thank I mean, I think that's how we feel about it. <laughs> We're glad you're here. Uh, Bart is up next. Uh, hey, Bart. Bart, good afternoon. One, two, three. Bart, can you hear us? Yeah, sorry about that, Paul. How are that's, you doing today, sir? We are doing great. Thank you for calling. And thank you for having me, sir. First time, long time. Been listening to you, sir, since you was in uh, Birmingham, Alabama. Well, I've been listening to you for quite a while, man. Love your show. Thank you. Love your demeanor on air. Uh, 
I love the fact that it's entertaining and informative all at the same time. Uh, with that being said, let's talk some football, man. Uh, what, sure. did, what did you think? And I, I've heard your opinion on this all throughout the week. The main reason Bama lost that game, and I have to agree with you, sir, the offensive coordinator. Now, don't get me wrong. The next game, the next game that I coach will be my first. Sure. But my goodness, man, you can't line up in a no-back formation and block seven blitzers with five linemen. You know, we're trying to put it on the linemen and the quarterback and this and that, but I just think the scheme that he had called for that game was one of the worst that I've ever seen. Uh, and I'll just listen to you, uh, your no, opinion uh, on that. I appreciate that. Uh, I agree. And uh, having said all that, Alabama could have won. Uh, that's because Michigan was jittery and, and – uh, for all, of, for all of us who have sided with Harbaugh and being outcoached, uh, uh, Tommy Reese just made that easier. And he, uh, I think, you know, for all the praise about Jalen Milrow, Tommy Reese clearly did not trust Jalen Milrow in, in, in many situations in that game, and it cost, it cost Alabama the game. Let's uh, check out Don, who is in Georgia. Hey, Don. Don, you there? Yeah, I'm here. Can well, you hear me? Uh, we, we can hear you, yes. Okay. Well, I appreciate you taking my call. I'm a first-time caller and a short-time listener. I've just been listening for uh, learned about you just a few months ago. Hmm. I was just We need to talk about to the marketing and PR division here. <laughs> well, I, uh, I have coffee every morning with a group at Denny's, and I call it the Denny's Brain Trust. And one of the guys there listens to you, and he was mentioning so, uh, you. As a guy that used to eat breakfast out all the time back in the day, and I don't anymore, because what's your go-to at Denny's? What's my go-to? Well, when you go, yeah, you just get coffee, or do you get something to eat? I just get coffee, okay. yeah. Sometimes I get an omelet. Sometimes I get pancakes. But, I, like, uh, I like the omelet. I was wondering does. about you. They're good. Uh, I was wondering about your theme song. Okay. And when you're going to be uh, uh, rolling okay, well, out the new update. Well, Don, with, here's uh, the deal. Uh, we still have a little bit under six months before it becomes official. As we get close to July right. 1st, you are going to be inundated with Oklahoma and Texas information. I Trust me on that, okay? Um, and on July 1st, it officially happens. And at that moment, we'll probably have a new theme song. Well, we're not probably. Well, we will. Uh, I'm kind of like the guy at the end of the theme song. I wake up, I wake up uh, with it running through my head every morning. Well, I mean, there, there are a lot of people that say go out and give a new, you know, get a new one. And I know there's there's some artists out there that I that have approached me, but we really like uh, the theme of it. Uh, I don't think we'll change it uh, other than to add Texas and Oklahoma. I've, I've talked to Taylor. He certainly, uh, well, I mean, there's I don't want to negotiate on the air. Yeah, <laughs> we're hoping he doesn't charge us that much. Yeah, and if he does, we'll get somebody else. Kenny Chesney's waiting in the in the in the side there. But we'll we'll uh, we'll definitely have a new song. Well, I definitely enjoy your show. You've got some very colorful callers that come on, and um, uh, I appreciate you taking my Thank call and uh, look forward fun. to talking with you again. I was some. hoping uh, I was hoping Taylor Swift would agree to do it. Darius, has he ever written anything? 
too partisan. Yeah, we can't. I mean, it will be uh, three and a half minutes of Gamecock highlights. We can't afford that. Uh, let's go check out David in Baton Rouge. Hey, David. Yes, uh, Paul. Is that, you hear me? Yes, I can. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Yeah, I'm a old LSU boy. I've been, I, I'm not a person who calls in and does a lot of stuff that way, but I, I like your show. So almost every Thank day you I very check much. on you several, several times a day. Just to let you know kind of my background, I grew up in uh, Baton Rouge. I was at uh, Tiger Stadium when Cannon made the 59 run back to beat Ole Miss. And that evening, Lynn LeBlanc was at my house playing piano. He was the oh wow. Uh, he was the white team uh, right tackle. Him and Cannon are the two that hit the Ole Miss player to stop him from scoring. So go back a long way. My uh, my sister was the first Golden Girl. Actually, the year before she was a majorette, but they actually had the the uh, twirling and so forth. So she was the first Golden Girl. She's been you know interviewed and everything many times because of that. That is fascinating. Kind of... So so many years I've been there, but I've watched the LSU Tigers, and I know you've heard everybody talking up about. The frustrations, seeing from one extreme to the other. I did go to the Wisconsin game. I'm over here in Fort Myers, Florida now. And uh, that was a good game. And I was hoping ESPN might show that a little more. It seems like you either get a championship game or you get Florida State when the well, there, Georgia there, uh, scores. The David, line. there's a rotation, and I don't. Uh, there's a schedule. I don't know what it is, but you'll, you'll see that game plenty. That was an important game. We head to the break. Yeah, boy. You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast.